0: Well, good morning. Welcome to part two of a series that we've called What's Next? And we are right in the middle of Summer at Impact. Come on, anybody enjoying the summer so far? Anybody been to the lake, been swimming, been on vacation already? I know our vacation's coming up in the future, and so we're looking forward to that. It's going to be a great time. But uh, before we get into the message today, I want to mention just a few things. A couple of these were not in the video announcements, but I want to make mention of them. The first thing was in the video announcement. Serve Day 2019, this Saturday. And so we're encouraging you, hey, if, if you've already signed up to be on a team, yourimpactchurch.com slash serve. Then uh, you're good to go. If you have not, we encourage you to go online, sign up for the team that you want to serve on. You can see all the options on there. And if you don't have, if you can't get it to work, you you're like you know this internet thing is just not for me, whatever. Then just show up Saturday at eight o'clock right here in the parking lot, and we're gonna you get a free T-shirt and we're gonna have a great time together for about four hours or so serving together in our community. We have projects all across the community we're gonna be doing. Uh, some people are going to be mowing yards for people just for free. Come on, how many of you, like, sign me up right now, come to my house. You can mow my yard for free on Saturday. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And so we just encourage every year we do this about mid-July. And we encourage everybody to participate. There is nothing more fulfilling in your life than serving God by serving people and just getting together in a large group of people and and breaking into these teams and doing projects for schools and nonprofits and people's yards and all of these different things we're going to be doing. And so we encourage you this Saturday to be present here at 8 o'clock, and we'll get everybody their shirt, and we'll pray together, and then we'll head out into our teams and have a great day. If you've never done it before, it's a lot of fun. We always have a great time. You will get hot. You will get sweaty. You will uh, you will be working. But come on, somebody! It's it's going to be a it's a fantastic day. I promise you, you won't regret showing up for Serve Day. It's Going to be a good time. Uh, the next couple of things, VBX is this coming Sunday. So a week from today, uh, that begins Sunday through Thursday. So the 14th through the 18th. If you are wanting your kid to go to what it's called VBX, but VBS, let me put it in in you know what it's normally called. VBS, then we need you to sign up today. So we need those forms today. Maybe you took one last week and you brought it back, or maybe you took one last week and you forgot, and right now you're thinking, oh, no, I forgot my form. Then you can get one when you go to check your kids out. You can get a form there. Fill it out. It only takes just a couple of seconds to fill out just a little bit of information, t-shirt size, things like that, that we can turn in, and all those are going to be turned in tomorrow so that preparations can be made for VBS, which starts next Sunday night uh, through Thursday night at 6 p.m., and so you'll want to be a part of that, so don't forget to get your kids signed up. And then the last thing before we get into uh, the message, which I'm excited about today, I think it's going to help you, is uh, I didn't know you could do this, but we have we have set this up. Somebody had informed me, and I can't remember who it was now, but somebody had told me that this was a possibility. So we have contacted Chili's. Come on, anybody like Chili's? Somebody are like, nope, I used to work there. I ain't going there. Uh, so this Tuesday, anybody that goes into Chili's and mentions the mission trip that we're taking to Jamaica, which is a little less than two weeks away. Come on, we're excited about that. Going to make an impact in the country of Jamaica. It's going to be fantastic. But if you go into Chili's at any point on Tuesday and mention the church, mention Impact Church, the mission trip, whatever, a percentage of everything that is spent that day by people that mention it is all coming back to the church to go toward the mission trip. And so if you go in and your family goes in and you spend... $50, Fifty dollars. There's a percentage of that that's gonna. They're gonna donate back to the church that can go specifically toward the mission trip. So come on, somebody, t- look at your neighbor right, t- right now and tell him you're gonna eat anyway. Come on, just tell him, just tell him you're gonna eat anyway. So you might as well eat at Chili's and support a good cause. And maybe you've been thinking, how can I help? How can I be a part? Or whatever. This is an an easy way because you're going to eat anyway where you can just show up, mention the church, and and a percentage of all of that will come back to the church to go toward the mission trip. And so it's going to be a really good thing. So I think that's all that I need to mention. I'm excited about this week. It's part two of a series that we've called Next Steps. And I would encourage you, uh, or What's Next? Sorry, Next Steps is actually how we do this in our church. What's Next is the name of the series because everybody has a next step to take, no matter where you're at in your spiritual journey, there's always a next step. And I would encourage you. I'm going to recap week one, which was last week. But if you weren't here for week one or you didn't catch it online, go back on the website and watch the message on there, or or download the podcast and listen to the message on there. Uh, don't miss a single week of this series because we're going through our vision as a church. So these are the four statements. Uh, that our church is based on, that our church, the the things that we do are trying to accomplish one of these four things in your life, and so it's vitally important that you get this. But last week we talked about uh, the message title was "Chase the Rabbit." If you were here, and uh, we could we could kind of sum it up in a couple of statements that. If you're not pursuing God, we talked about the story of a dog, a dog track, and they would put this mechanical rabbit on the inside of the track that they would release, and it would run around and run around and run around, and that's what the, how they got the dogs to run, and they would race each other, but they're ch- really chasing this rabbit. And one, one, one time this rabbit exploded. Nobody knew what to do. The dogs started going crazy. Some laid down and took a nap. Some ran through the fence and ended up breaking some ribs. And others, you know, looked at the audience and people that were there to watch and just started barking at them. And I thought, what a great picture of humanity. If you don't have something that you're pursuing in your life, if you don't have God's purpose or God's dream or God's vision or revelation for your life, then you'll do one of three things probably. You'll either take a nap, you'll sleep through life, you'll hurt yourself trying to do it on your own, or you'll bark at everybody else in your life because you're so upset and so frustrated because you don't know what your purpose is. And so we talked about that last week, and you need to, to check out that message. And And we kind of wrapped it up with this idea that we're all called, everybody has a specific purpose, and we're going to talk about that today. But we all have one thing in common. And our uh, collectively, our purpose is, that we all have in common is to make an impact for eternity. Make an impact for eternity. And we talked about it at the end of last week's message that we're called to make an impact in our world, beyond our world, and in the whole world. And so I would really encourage you to go back and check out that message. And today, in part two, we're going to be talking about discovering your purpose in a message that I'm calling, I was made for this. I was made for this. And I encourage you to take notes if you can, Uh, You can get on the Bible app, and you can always get the notes on there and take notes digitally if you want to. But I think this is really going to help you today. And really, this message is going to be broken up into three different segments, and you'll kind of pick up on that as we go through. But I want to help you uh, really know how to discover what God's purpose is for your life, to discover what it is that God created you to do. And here's our theme verse, really, for this series. is Proverbs 29, 18. And this is the message translation says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. In other words, when you don't have God's vision and God's purpose that that you're pursuing in your life, you'll stumble all over yourself trying to do things and trying to fulfill something that only God can fulfill. It'll happen every single time. But then the second half of that verse says that, but. Those that that attend, those that pay attention, those that have a revelation, those that have something on the inside of them that God has put there and they're living from that purpose, they are most blessed. And last week we discovered that the word blessed actually means a contentment in your soul that is not contingent upon anything else going on around you. So these are people that whenever you've got God's vision, Whenever you've got you can see what God is doing in your life, in the lives of those around you, in your church. You, You have this passion and this dream and this purpose that God has given you. Then those are the people who have a contentment in their soul no matter what's going on around them. Now many of us, if we were to go around the room today, there's a lot of us that don't have a contentment in our soul that's not contingent upon what's going on around us. A lot of times we're up and down based on what's going on in our lives, what's going on in the world, what's going on in politics. Come on, that just started up again. Can I get a better amen than that? We've got all the politicians and everybody, you know, doing this stuff on TV. And I love, personally, I love to watch that stuff because I get a, I, it's hilarious to me. I mean, it is so funny to me to watch these people be asked this question and they answer this question. I'm like, you ain't going to do that. You know, but that's just, that's I'm, I'm going to get off politics. I'm going to make y'all mad. Y'all ain't going to come back to church next weekend. Uh, many of us are settling for less than what Jesus paid for. And I believe the most fun that you'll ever have in life is when you get unstuck. When you get out of the place to where you're just stuck in this rut, you're not doing anything, you're not making an impact for the kingdom, you're not making an impact for eternity, whenever you get unstuck and you start taking steps in this journey that God wants to take you on, it's the most fun you'll ever have in your life whenever you discover the reason why you were born. And I want to go through these just really quickly. These are the four statements um, of our vision as a church. Number one is know God. And we believe that Jesus is not a religion. He's a relationship. So this is not about a religion. This is not about how good you can be. This is not about all the good things that you can do. Although we do believe that when you get saved, it should produce some things in your life that are good works. But you cannot be saved by those good works. That's religion. That's religion. Jesus is a relationship. It's, it's you knowing God in your heart, not in your head. Because a lot of us can know, okay, I know there's a God, I know, but do you have a personal relationship? That's the first process, the first step that you need to take in this vision, in this journey that God has for you. Number two is to find freedom. We're going to talk a little bit more about this one next week. Find freedom. It's, it's getting over the thing that you know if you got over, your life would be better. It's getting past the thing that you know, if I could ever get past that thing, if I could ever get rid of that in my life, if I could ever stop dwelling on that thing from my past, then I know that my life would be better, my relationships would be better, everything would be better. So there's some areas, a lot of times, just like the Israelites, when they came out of Egypt, it was hard to get the Egypt out of them, right? And so we've got we've to go through this process of first know who God is in your heart, know have a relationship with him, then you've got to find freedom from your past. You can't see the future until you settle the past. And then number three, which is what we're talking about today, is to discover purpose. So know God, find freedom, discover purpose, because God has gifted and called you to a specific purpose for your life. And then number four is make an impact, which is what we talked about last week, that you were created to make an impact for eternity. You were. That's why you were created. Every one of us, no matter where you're at in your journey, every one of us in here is looking for God. Because you were created in the image of God. So whether you think you are or not, the things that you're searching out to try to fill that thing in your life or try to find fulfillment in your life, you are searching for God. It's the only thing, the only person that will ever fill that spot in your life is God. That's what you're searching for. That's who you're searching for. And you were made and created to make an impact for eternity. Now I want to talk today specifically on Number three, we're doing this in reverse order, so we know where God intends for us to be, and now we're going back and discovering how we can actually get there. So discovering your purpose. Most people, uh, statistically, I would say this is true about our church, most people are struggling in the middle. So we understand Knowing God, that's, that's I give my life to Jesus. I enter into a relationship with God. We understand making an impact. Okay, this is me using my gifts, my talents, what what I, what I have on the inside of me to make an impact for eternity and to touch other people's lives. But a lot of times we get stuck in the middle. We, get, we, we struggle with finding freedom. There are some things in my life I need to find freedom. How do I do that? We struggle with discovering our purpose. And st- statistically... 87% of people that say they know God don't know their purpose. 80, that means there are 13% of Christians walking around saying, I know what God's purpose is for me. And there are 87% of us walking around like, I really don't know. I know that I have a relationship with God, but I don't really know what his purpose I don't know why I was born. I don't know what I was created to do. I don't really know what my purpose is. And how many of you would agree that's a problem? What would the world look like if there was 100% of Christians that knew what their purpose was? It would look like a completely different place. And I think this might even be the reason why why the church, even the capital C church, isn't making the impact in our communities that God intends for us to make is because 87% of us don't know what part we are. 87% of us don't know what we're actually supposed to do. I want to... To to jump in with Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, this gives us a little insight into why I believe might be one of the reasons we aren't living in the purpose God has for our lives. This is what it says. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then, everybody say then. then. When you do the first part, then the second part happens. And here's what the second part says. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Could it be that we don't know what our purpose is? Because we are trying to copy what other people have done, copy what other people we have seen in other people's lives, copy what the world is doing, and not look any different than anybody else around us. Could it be that the reason why we are not knowing what God's perfect will and pleasing will for your life is, is because you have not let God renew your mind? You're looking at everybody else, and we're going to get into that in just a moment. I think this could be the reason why. And to get us started, I want to first talk about this is going to be part 1 if you will, three different segments of this message. Here I want to talk about enemies of your purpose. The things that are fighting against the purpose that God has for you. Here's number 1 if you're taking notes, confusion. Anybody ever felt confused? This is this is basically what I put down here. You just don't know what your purpose is. I'm just confused about what my purpose is. I know I have a relationship with God, But I'm confused about what my purpose, I'm confused about what it is that God has created me to do. So confusion is an enemy of your purpose. Here's number two, comparison. Comparison is an enemy of your purpose. Some of you don't see your purpose because you're too focused on everybody else's. You don't know what God has created you to do because you're so focused on what God has created everybody else to do. You're so focused on fixing everybody else's problems. You're so focused on, well, I wish that I could sing like they can sing. Well, God didn't create you to sing like they can sing. Well, I wish that I could speak like that. Well, God didn't create you to speak like that. But God created you for a specific purpose. And comparing ourselves to everybody else is an enemy. It will will cut your purpose every single time. Time, Because God created you for something specific, not for you to look at what everybody else is doing and compare your purpose to their calling. So comparison is an enemy of purpose. And you'll always be miserable when you're comparing your life to other people's lives. Come on, we know that to be true. Social media, I love social media, but social media has a downside. And it's the fact that we compare our lives to everybody else's highlight reel. They didn't post the picture that, that where the kids were upset. So just because your kids are upset does not mean you're crazy and they're perfect. They just didn't post that picture. They got 97 of them on their phone. But they picked out the one where everybody was looking and everybody was smiling and everybody's makeup was just right and the lighting. Oh, the sunshine. We turned around and that was the greatest picture because the sun was coming in right behind us. You can't compare your day-to-day life with everybody else's highlight reel. Everybody's got their own problems. We've got to stop comparing. Stop comparing. And here's number three, confusion, comparison, counterfeit. Counterfeit. This is simply, you're pursuing something that really isn't your purpose. You are running after something that is not God's best for you. You are running in a direction that maybe you haven't, even, you haven't even gotten in this journey that God's trying to take you on. And God says, listen, I have a specific purpose for you, but you're chasing after things that are never going to fulfill you. It's counterfeit. It's fake. It's not what God created you to do. You thought your career would be it, but it wasn't. You thought that 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 a new marriage would be it, and it wasn't. You thought that having another kid would be it, and it wasn't. You thought that drinking would be it, and it wasn't. The reason it's not is because there's only one thing. God has one purpose for you. God has one perfect will for your life, and we've got to discover what it is. Are you with me? God had a purpose and then he made you. I want to read Psalm 139, verses 13 through 16 really quick. It says, this is David. He writes this down. He says, you made all the delicate, he's saying this to God. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. There's the problem right there. A lot of us don't know it. David says, oh, everything that you created inside of me, the way that you made me, it's perfect. It's exactly what you designed, how well I know it. A lot of us in this room can't say, oh, how well I know how God created me, how perfect it was. In verse 15, you watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before. Somebody say before. Before a single day had passed. Can I let you in on a little secret today? Here's what what God did. God created a purpose, and then he created you. God did not create you and then look at you and think, you know, I wonder what they would be good at. I wonder what they would like to do. I wonder what it is that they can do in the world. I wonder why I created it. You know, just why did we create this one? You know, let's just come up with it. God created a purpose first. It says before a single day happened. God had it all planned out. God said, oh, here's something that I need done in the earth, and I'm going to create somebody, and I'm going to give them the skill set and the personality and the temperament and everything that they're going to need. I'm going to equip them. I'm going to qualify them so that I can, I can create them, and they can come along, and they can complete this purpose. There's a purpose created for you before you were ever born. Not after. So we're after the thing, we're searching after the thing that God set in place before we we were ever even known. Before we ever even came into the world. And if you're dissatisfied with your life, there's a good chance it's because you're pursuing something that you were never made for. Can we just be gut level honest right now? You don't have to say anything out loud, but just think about it. If you're dissatisfied with your life, chances are it's because you are pursuing something that God did not intend for you. You're pursuing a career God did not intend for you. You're pursuing a relationship God did not intend for you. You're pursuing other things in life that God did not intend for you to pursue. And a lot of our dissatisfaction comes from that, and so I want to to jump into part two of the message. So we talked about our enemies of our purpose. That we've got to stop comparing. We've got to stop pursuing after things that that aren't what God has for us. We've got to stop doing all these things because they're enemies of our purpose. But I want to give you seven questions, and I know it's a lot, but we're going to go through them really, really quickly. And maybe you want to write them down. You can get them on the Bible app; they're all on there. Seven questions to ask yourself if you are seeking your purpose. If you are trying to discover the reason why you were born, here are some questions that you need to ask yourself in that process. Here's number one. We're going to have them on the screen too if you want to write them down. Number one, what abilities do you naturally possess? What abilities do you naturally possess? Things that just come easy to you, like I just have this talent and it just comes naturally to me. What abilities do you, I'm good at building things, it just comes natural to me, I just, my mind works that way, I know how to build things. What abilities do you naturally possess? Here's number two. What are your primary motivational gifts? What are your primary motivational gifts? The things that motivate you. The gifts that motivate you. What are they? Here's number three. What do you really want to do? I bet you didn't think this was a question that God would allow you to ask as you're discovering your purpose. What do you really want to do? Here's why this question is important because God created you to fulfill the purpose that he had in place before you were born. So he created you. There's going to be a desire on the inside of you to do that thing. Whenever you find it, you're going to find the most fulfillment in life because you're doing the thing you were created to do. So we got to ask ourselves, what do you really want to do? Here's the next one. Where does your life produce the most? Where does your life produce the most? Let me rephrase it and word it this way. What are the things that when you do it, it produces a lot? That whenever you put your hand to that, it works. Whenever you try to lead those people, it works. Whenever you try to do that job, it works. Like It produces fruit in your life whenever you do that. What are the things that naturally produce? What does your life produce the most? Here's the next question. What do others affirm about you? Now, I'm not talking about what we see on American Idol where Mama told JoJo for the last 13 years that she was a great singer. And then she gets on camera, and the reason she's on camera is because she is not a great singer. And they know that it's going to make great TV. I'm not talking about that. That's not affirming. That's called lying. Come on, somebody. Everybody say lying. There's a difference. (laughs) That's not affirmation. That's deception. All right? What do other people affirm about you? What do other people in your life, whenever you do something, they say, wow, you're really good at that. Wow, you're really good at communicating that. Wow, you're really good. Like, like you built that, and that is like, you do a really good job. What are other people saying about you? They're telling you. They're affirming in you maybe what God has designed you to do. And they see it and they're calling out on you. They may not know what they're doing, but they're affirming that gift or that thing, that talent in you. Here's the next question. What are you compelled to pursue? What are you compelled to pursue? I'm not talking about what do you kind of like. What is the thing on the inside of you that you cannot shake? You cannot shake. I mean, there's something I've heard of people that, you know, their calling and their purpose was they're fighting human trafficking in the world. And that is the one thing that no matter what they do, they cannot shake it. I mean, like, I just know that I know that I know I'm supposed to make a difference in that area. What is the thing you feel compelled to do, compelled to pursue? And here's the last question. What opportunity is in front of you now? What opportunity is in front of you now? We're going to talk about this one a little bit more here in the next next part of the message. But what opportunity is right in front of you? Right in front of you. Maybe God has put an opportunity right in front of you. Maybe that has something to do with your purpose. So just some questions that as you're seeking out what it is that God created you to do, some important questions to ask yourself, to look in the mirror. What am I compelled? What can I not shake? What am I naturally good at? What do other people say that I'm good at? Just ask yourself those questions. It will help reveal a little bit of what God has designed you to do. God's designed you to do. So I want to shift gears a little bit. And now I want to talk to We talked about enemies. We talked about some questions. Now I want to give you four ways that God reveals his purpose in your life. So if you're thinking, "How am I going to, how is this going to happen? How am I going to know that this is the purpose for my life? How is this? And there are are probably more things in this, but we picked out four for today. Four things, four ways that God can reveal or might reveal his purpose. So if you're seeking it out, be on the lookout for these things. Here's number one. It's the call from birth. The call from birth. How do you how do you know if this one fits your circumstance? Here's what most people uh, that have this, that they, they were created and they've just known it from the very beginning. They'll say things like this. You know, from early on in my life, I just felt like I was always supposed to blank. From a very young age, I just always knew that that was what I was, suppo- I was supposed to do blank. I just always had a passion since I was five years old. I've always had a passion to do this and I really think that, you know, that's what I'm supposed to do blank it's it's a it's a call from you just know from when you were little that you that this was what you were made to do you just know this is what you were made to do best example that that I can give of this well before I get into that we're going to read four verses but before I do that here's what happens a lot of times when when this is this is how god has revealed his his purpose for your life that maybe it was from a young age and you were, you were doing singing. You know, maybe from a young age you were, you were always singing and you just felt like, man, I just know that I'm supposed to sing. I'm supposed to lead worship. I'm supposed to, you know, to, to, to sing and make records and all of this stuff. Whatever. It could be anything. Anything. But here's, here's what happens to us a lot of times for those of us that have felt like from a young age. Marriage happened. Kids happened. Busyness happened. Life happened. Divorce happened. Job happened, losing a job happened, trying to find another job happen, moving happened. All of these things happen, and so you have forgotten what it is that God had put on the inside of you when you were little. You have forgotten what you were passionate about when you were little, because life happened. And for some of you today, God's just trying to remind you, hey, you remember whenever you were seven years old, and you just felt like, man, I just feel like this is what I'm supposed to do. There might be something to that. As it relates to God's purpose for your life. The best example in scripture of this is Jeremiah 1, chapter, or chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. Where Jeremiah says, the Lord gave me this message. This is what the Lord said to Jeremiah. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. O sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. The Lord replied, don't say I'm too young, for you must Go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you, and don't be afraid of the people. For I will be with you and will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Can I speak this over your life today? Don't talk yourself out of what God created you to do. This is a call. He said, before you were ever born, this is what I had put in place for you to do. I set you apart. I appointed you. This is your This is your. Calling. This is your purpose. And his first response, Jeremiah's first response is, "Oh, I can't speak for you. I can't do this. I'm too young. People aren't going to listen. And God says, don't disqualify yourself because you don't think you can do what I told you to do. If it's what I created you to do, you'll have the equipment and you'll have the, the qualification to do it. Don't disqualify. Don't count yourself out. Don't talk yourself out of doing the thing that God called you to do because you don't think you can do it. Well, you know, my time has passed. Now I'm 37, and, and uh, you know, I should have started that when I was 23, and now it's too late. No. You start fulfilling God's purpose for your life now. Don't, don't count yourself out of what God has called you to do. God formed you. God knows you. God set you apart. And so the first way that he might reveal it to you is a call from birth. You might start remembering some things when you were little. You felt like, man, I just always have felt like I was supposed to do that. Here's number two. It's a growing awareness. Second way that God might show you what your purpose is. Growing awareness. Let me tell you what I mean about this. There's a story in the Bible that many of us are probably familiar with. is the story of Joseph. And if you've never read the story of Joseph, I encourage you read about 20 chapters starting Genesis 30 or so and and work your way all the way to the end. It's a great story. It's a great story. But here's what we see happen in Joseph's life. He gets a vision as a teenager. He gets a, he has a dream that this is what this is what my purpose is. This is what God gave me this dream. And so he goes and he tells his brothers, and the Bible says that they hated him all the more, which means they already hated him before, and now he's bragging about what God's gonna do in his life, and so they hate him even more than they did before. So they throw him in a pit, they sell him into slavery, he ends up in Egypt. While he's in Egypt, he gets accused of doing something that he never did. He ends up in prison. There's a couple people in prison that are there with him, and they're about to get out, and he tells them, Hey, don't forget about me when you get out, put in a good word with me, you know, with the king for me so that. That that Maybe he'll remember me. They get out. They forget all about him. More years go by. Then he finally gets out because the king has a dream and he needs the dream interpreted. And so they're like, hey! I remember this guy that was, you know, he can interpret dreams. And so Joseph gets out and long, long, you know, just summing it all up. This is a great story. You should read it. But at the very end of it, all of his brothers come back and they're in Egypt and this, this, this dream is fulfilled. God's purpose is fulfilled in what Joseph was meant to do. And this is what he says at the very end of it as he's talking To his brothers at the very end of the story, he says, You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. Don't misinterpret the hard things that are going on in your life, because in Joseph's case, God had planned all along for him to experience the things that he experienced so that God could get him to where he needed him to be so that he could fulfill his purpose. Some of us are praying to get out of the situation that we're in. We're praying that the heart would stop. We're praying that God would just finally do this. We're praying. Don't misinterpret and think that God has forgotten about you, that, well, you must have missed it, and, well, I guess God's never going to answer that prayer or whatever. No. No. God sometimes intends for the things that we would look at and think, wow, that's bad. That's not good. That can't. There can't be anything good come from that. And God says, no, I intended all of those things that happened in your life to work together for the purpose. that I." And over time, you'll start to think, you know, oh, there's this growing awareness that maybe God is using these things in my life. Maybe this is what God is trying to use these things to get me to my purpose so that I can fulfill what I was created to do. Here's number three. So we've got the call from birth, a growing awareness. Here's number three. The third way that God will sometimes reveal your purpose is walking through open doors. Walking through open doors. I think we need to hear this one and the last one that we're going to talk about in just a moment. Walking through open doors. God will reveal his purpose when you step through a door of opportunity. Here's what the Bible says, that God opens doors that no man can shut and shuts doors that no man can open. So there are sometimes in your life, God is saying, on the other side of this opportunity, on the other side of this open door that I have opened up for you, if you will step through it, it's your purpose. If you will step through oh, but it's scary. I don't know what's on the other side of the door. And God says, no. If you'll step through that door, your purpose is on the other side of that door. You'll never know what's on the other side of that opportunity unless you step through into the opportunity. I was reminded as I was preparing this on this specific point of when uh, my wife Amanda and I, We back in 2014, the end of 2014, and we started feeling like this is what God was calling us to do was to start this church. And we didn't know how to do that. And we didn't know what that looked like. And, you know, it was scary at first. And I remember we were having these conversations like, what are we going to do? I think this is what we're supposed to do. And, and we went back and forth. And then finally, we decided, you know, this is what God has for our lives. Had we not and then I remember fast forward two years later, and it's September of 2016, we've gone through this two year process of meeting people and and doing all this and preparing to start the church. And in September 2016, we're standing here, September the 18th, I believe it was, and we're standing here, and I remember this conversation that morning before we had one service at the time, and 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 we were getting ready and everybody was setting up things and all this, and we looked at each other and I was like, What if nobody comes? <laughs> like, what if nobody shows up? I don't know, you know, did we did we miss it? What if nobody? What if it's just us, you know, and we're just singing to each other, you know, Kumbaya and It was a it was a scary moment and then long story short, people showed up, a lot of people showed up and the rest is history and and the church is moving forward today. But if we hadn't walked through an open door and done what God had, he opened this door and said, here's what I want you to walk through, and I know it's scary, I know it's going to require faith, I know that you don't really know anybody there, and I I know you don't really know what this is going to look like yet, but if you'll walk through the door of opportunity, your purpose is on the other side of it. Some of you, there is a door that is staring you in the face, and God has opened the door for you and says, if you'll walk into this, your purpose is on the other side of this opportunity, on the other side of this door. But you've got to take a step. And some of you are standing there at the threshold, and uh, and you're nervous to step into what God has for you because you don't know what it's going to look like. You don't know how it's going to end up. You don't know how much faith it's going to require, and it scares you to death. But I'm telling you, some of you, God is saying your purpose is on the other side of the door that you've been standing at for the last three years, last three months, last 30 years. Just walk through the door. Sometimes that's how God will reveal his purpose. I, I like the story of Esther in the Bible. I don't know if you've ever read this, but just to give you a little uh, quick background before we read a couple of verses she is a Jew in a Babylonian culture, and so she's a misfit. Like, they don't agree at all. Different beliefs, different God, different everything, right? And so she's there, and she's a Jew, and and the Babylonian king, he wants, you know, the, the queen to do something, and, and she refuses to do it, and so he basically fires her as the queen, right? You should read your Bible. It's awesome. He fires her as the queen. Come on, somebody. Like, I, you are no longer the queen. And then he has this pageant, if you will, and, you know, and he gets all the women's like, hey, we're going to just set in a new queen. And so all these women show up and, and and he's trying to pick the new queen and he sees this woman and her name is Esther and he picks her because she's beautiful. He's like, hey, you good looking. I pick you. Come on, let's just, do you want to be queen? Just come on up here and we'll be king and queen together, right? He picks her and she doesn't know what in the world is going on. She's a Jew. He is not. Like, this doesn't work. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's about to happen. And then we pick up This story toward the end of it in Esther chapter 4 and verses 14, 15, and 16. And somebody has come to her and they are speaking into her because all of this has just happened. And this is what they tell her. If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place, but you and your relatives will die. And here's, oh, I love this line. I love this question. You need to ask yourself this question today. This person looks Esther in the eye and says, who knows if perhaps you were made queen for such a time as this. Who knows if maybe God presented this opportunity because you were made for this. That everything in your life has come to this point to where God has said, here it is now, here is your purpose, here's what I've called you to do. Step through the open door and you can go on and read the story and it turns out well and all of these things, but she had to step into an opportunity that God pro- provided to step into her purpose. Some of you are on the edge of your purpose and you've been praying, God, what am I here to do? What is the meaning of my life? What, are, like, what have you called me to do? And God's saying, walk through the door. Walk through the door. I know it's going to take faith. Walk through the door. I know it's going to be scary. Walk through the door. I know you don't know how it's going to turn out. Walk through the door. Walk through. And here's number four. The fourth way I want to bring the worship team back is a God encounter. A God encounter. Um, I want to read in Acts chapter 9. This is the conversion, if you will, of Saul to Paul. And I want to I read to you the, the power of a God encounter. It says, Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest, he requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem and change. Here, let me just paraphrase that for you. Paul has asked all these people in charge, Hey, I'm on my way to Damascus, why don't you go ahead and write some letters so I can give these letters to these people and they'll cooperate, because here's what I want to do. I want to find every man and every woman and every child and every person that says that they're a Christian, and I want to either, I want to I want to chain them up, I want to bring them back, and then we can decide what to do with them. We can throw them in prison, we can kill them, we can do whatever we want to. So this is why Paul is on his way to Damascus, is to find some Christians that he can persecute, that he can chain up, that he can throw in prison, or that he can kill. Verse 3 says, as he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly, somebody say suddenly, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked, and the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And we can go on and read, and he changes his name from Saul to Paul, and he's blinded until he gets there, and then a man comes and he prays for him, and, and his eyes are opened again, and now he has completely turned around 180. Instead of killing Christians, he's now trying to convert people to Christianity. And it all happened suddenly. This wasn't a process this was suddenly here's my prayer for you is that that as you're seeking out what am I here to do what is the reason why I was born what is my purpose as you're trying to discover what that is maybe you know what it is but if you're trying to discover what that is that you would have a suddenly moment with God now let me tell you how you have Uh, Let me tell you the reason why most of us don't have this moment. And I believe that God wants to give you this moment to where you're in his presence. And all of a sudden, you know what you were created to do. You know what your purpose is on the earth. Just all of a sudden, you'll be there. And here's the reason why a lot of us, uh, we're, we're still searching for our purpose. And God's saying, I'm wanting to show you what your purpose is, but you won't make time because a suddenly moment only happens in the presence of Jesus suddenly Jesus was there and it changed everything and here's the thing all of us, if we go around this room every single one of us could talk about every reason and every excuse why we don't make time or why we don't have time or why we can't find time to spend in the presence of God and I'm not talking about on Sunday. Sunday is great, but if you come to a 930 or an 1115 service once a week or once every two weeks or once a month or whatever and get in the presence of God, that is not what I'm talking about. God can work in that moment, but you've got to make time. God wants you to make time time. I'm going to get up early so that I can put on a worship song. I can read my Bible. I can pray. I can get in the presence of God. And when you're in the presence of God, you can hear God. And it's not going to be an audible voice, but you'll know. You'll know and God will say, this is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to do. For some of you, it was was something that you've known since birth. For some of you, it's it's the things that you've gone through in your life that are leading you to your purpose. And you've been discrediting it and misinterpreting those things. For some of you, there's a doorway in front of you. And you just need to walk through the door. Because God says, here it is. Here's your purpose. Just walk through the door. For many of us, God says, if you will get in my presence every day, I will tell you what to do. You will know what to do and many of us were walking around and we don't know what to do because we won't let God tell us we wonder I don't know what decision I don't know what decision to make about that God can tell you I don't know how that oh I'm worried about that God can tell you I don't know where to go from here should we move should we do this should I take that new God can tell you but you've got to make time to be in the presence of God. We've got to stop prioritizing everything but God. You will make sure you get to work on time. But you won't make sure you get up to spend time with Jesus. You will make sure there's gas in your car to go where you want to go on vacation. But you will not make sure that you make time for Jesus. And I'm not mad at you. I believe God sent me here to tell you, to help you, that there are many of you, 87%... Of people that say, I know God, don't know why I was created. God says, I'm trying to tell you, but you won't let me. You won't let me. You prioritize everything and then maybe make time for me. And God says, if you will make me a priority, I can tell you what to do. I can show you what your purpose is. I can give you fulfillment in life. I can fill the place inside of you that you've been trying to fill with all this other stuff and pursuing this career and pursuing that and pursuing that. I can give you your purpose. I can give you your purpose, but you've got to make time. Will you stand to your feet today? I want to end this way before we sing. So I want to end the service today. And this message is, um, they're going to put a statement up on the screen. And I want us to declare this out loud because some of us really need this. Some of you need to write this down and put it on your mirror. And you need to say it over yourself every single day. Here's the statement right here. It's simple. God created me on purpose for a purpose. You're walking through life and it just feels like life is happening to you. You need to remind yourself, God created me on purpose for a purpose. Can we all just say that together? God created me on purpose for a purpose. Come on, let's say it again. God created me on purpose for a purpose. Come on, let's put a beat behind it. God created me on purpose for a purpose. You're not an accident. I don't care what anybody has told you. God does not make accidents. God created a purpose, and he said, I want to create them to do it. I want to create them to get in the middle of this purpose so they'll have fulfillment in life. They'll have life to the full. They'll they'll enjoy their life because they're doing what I created them to do. God, I thank you today for speaking to us. Thank you for your word. Thank you for what you're doing in our hearts today. I believe that you are changing us, God. Those of us that are here that just need to be reminded. That from a young age, we just felt like we knew what we were created to do, what we were made to do. Those of us that are here that maybe we've been going through some difficult things in life, don't help us not to misinterpret the things that we've been going through in our lives, but to look at them and say, God, is this you trying to lead me to my purpose? Are you wanting to use these things that are happening to me? Maybe there are some of us here that there's a door. God, I pray that you'd help us to just step one foot at a time, just one step at a time with you as we walk through that door in faith, believing that you have something great on the other side because it's something that you have opened. And God, for most of us here, I pray that you would have that suddenly moment that we would make time for you. Above all else, that we would make time for you so that you can show us what our purpose is. You can show us what you created us to do. You can give us the steps to take. You can show us what decisions to make and all of those things if we'll just get in your presence, if we will make time for you. So, God, I pray right now that you would do what only you can do. And as our prayer team comes down to the front, God, I pray that as we sing this song, that we we would worship you. That we would not just be singing a song, but, Lord, that we would be worshiping you with our hearts, with our lives. And, Lord, if there's anybody here today who needs prayer for anything in their life, that you would draw them for prayer in Jesus' name.